Welcome to the Chemistry Factor Podcast, dedicated to help you consciously inspire your actions in business, no matter what circumstances you're facing, transforming your stress into empowering success. I'm Coach Barney, founder of the Chemistry Factor. For over 25 years, I've worked with hundreds of successful business leaders who have all experienced how poor working relationships and unexpected business setbacks cause the anxiety and stress that weakens your productivity, innovation, and leadership skills. You do not choose to be stressed. It is a reaction, not a decision, that drains your energy, making work hard and less fulfilling. Together, we will discover how to empower your attitude to achieve the greater success and satisfaction you've always wanted in your business, career, and life. My guest today is Jason Camarada. He began his career in advertising with LBI, which eventually became Digitas LBI, and he took on the role of the everything man in operations. They rapidly grew and were later purchased by the advertising holding company, Publicis, and he was handpicked to work for Publicis taking on that similar everything operations responsibility. Before joining the agency world, Jason was a headline singer where his communication and agency skills made him an ideal choice to be recruited to join the MDC Partners, a holding company for mostly creative agencies at the time. MDC promoted him as the vice president of strategic sourcing working with their 55 different agencies in procurement for their clients and vendor negotiation agreements, creating partnerships. He later led the centralization of a decentralized MDC group of agencies as their interim chief operating officer, transforming MDC, which helped lead to their being purchased by Stagwell Holding Company where he became SVP Global Head of Operations. Welcome to the show, Jason. It's a pleasure having you as my guest. Thank you so much for having me. Happy to be here. Awesome. Well, you know, I've been in this business for over 25 years as a business coach and recruiter in the advertising world, and I've never heard of someone calling themselves the everything operations guy. How did you come to call yourself that? It sounds challenging and exciting. Well, Barney, you're probably the first person to actually point that out to me. So, so, so thank you. I, I've never actually realized consciously that I was calling myself that. And perhaps it just came out naturally because maybe I'm trying to reinforce what operations actually is. I think just hearing you describe my history, it's sort of all over the place. Um, or it seems like it to me. And and I think that's what operations tends to be. You know, it's like, it just equated to my m- music career. In, in the end, to make the, ba- the band sound great, you, you may not play the, you know, the guitar, but you still read music. You understand how the guitar uh, plays in with the rest of the band. And so I think it's really important uh, to be inquisitive and understand uh, everything in the business. So I guess... Just naturally, the way I describe operations. So, tell me everything. Say some of the things that everything you know encompass. 
Wow. So operations in a business uh, can touch everything from, <laughs> from finance to real estate, to people, you know, talent, to risk management, to new business. What are the goals of the business when it comes to revenue? Uh, you want to understand where the business operates, where it wants to go, where it's been, what its challenges are, what the good parts are, everything. Sounds like you've got to be very strategic in your thinking. <laughs> yeah, wow. you've got to be inquisitive, I guess. Yes. Ah, curious as well. Yes. Um, what do you love about what you do? Well, what I when I think back, what I love most about what I do is working with people, whether it be the teams that I've built or just the people, my colleagues or the partnerships, uh, external partnerships as well. I just like, I like working with people. Is there ever a boring moment? <laughs> I know because I don't let boring moments happen. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> no. Yeah, it sounds like if you're in charge of everything, if you're if you're overseeing or if you're you're trying to, you know, help build, then there can never be a boring day. No, and I guess if there's a boring day, maybe, you know, maybe maybe you're not on the right path. Maybe uh, that's a day to think about where you where you should be going. I don't know. Yeah. That's a fair point. Give me a peak success story you would like to share with us as the everything man. Wow. I, I guess the moment when I'll call it leadership trusted me to build a team that I thought the business deserved. You know, sometimes you, you hear people that want to want budget to hire a team and you know, it's painstaking. It takes six months, it never really happens, or you get the job thinking you're going to be able to do something and you, you didn't, but the leader at the time just trusted me to do what I thought was right. And we just went and, and, and ran hard. And specifically, yeah. give me one moment where it was like, Barney, I will never forget what we did there and how, how, you know, how much it helped the company. Well, I think that specific team that we built really was responsible for turning around the company. What kind of, what time of team did you build? An, op an everything operations team, Barney. Okay. <laughs> so everything. I mean, we, we at specifically at MDC, and I'll say that that's where it was, we built the back office team, which did not ah. exist at the parent company level. Uh, it existed more so at our 60 plus roundabout count uh, affili affiliates. Um, yes. Yeah. Understand. So give me a challenge that was dis a disappointment where, where this is what you were charged to do and how you managed through it and what you learned from it. Well, I'm, I'm going to go to the personal side for a second. I think a challenge of doing that was maybe not prioritizing my family time as, as much. And it's funny. I don't know if it's funny, but it's interesting how I look back and right around the time we were agreeing to do this big change at work. I had a baby. My wife and I had a baby. Congratulations. And, and so, you know, there was no time. <laughs> yeah, I understand that. That's that, that it, it takes up all your time. So name me one thing at work or life that you've been putting off that you'd like to achieve. Mm, maybe still that balance of everything. Yeah, everything, you know, can get to be a bit overwhelming. Uh, sure. Give me something specific. Well, I think it's 
I think it's where do you invest the most of your time and where does it have the biggest impact on your life and other people's lives and just equate it back to my personal life, my family. And I, you know, I don't know, I don't know as a human being, we ever quite figure it out. I think, you know, we learn as we go. Um, so I'm trying to keep op- as open as possible and learn, you know, where to spend my time. I used to be, and I still am, I used to be a, a perfectionist and I've, and I've learned to not, and, and, a, and I'm still very much a yes person, Barney. I've learned to manage it. So you've learned to say no. Yeah. You've learned to accept things, not to be perfect, but to be to be good enough so that you can move forward. Yes, and I'm and I'm and I'm not and I'm not perfect at that. You know, um, <laughs> no, there is no such I'm, thing as perfect perfection, no. and everything's perfect. So that, that, there you go. <laughs> right. <laughs> as a leader in holding company operations. You have dealt with every department in every type of agency, from advertising to media to public relations and beyond. What do you find are the unique challenges in the different types of companies? You were, you were, you were charged to put 60 of them and centralize them. I mean, some were easier than others. What were, what were your challenges? What were your successes? How did you deal with it? Well, the challenges in that particular situation are, are actually what make these companies beautiful and special, which is their entrepreneurial, creative energy, right? And, and with that comes, you know, their own goals, their own focus, which is very valid and important. But when you're a part of a larger parent company, and it, and it specifically, this one was publicly traded, you know, there are overarching goals. It's kind of like, I don't want to call it the parent-child relationship, but it's very similar to a family. And sometimes the family makes decisions without involving the entire family. And that can be very challenging. So I, I think, you know, I think that was, I don't know if it's unique, but it definitely was maybe more unique because it was it was a larger organization. There were more decentralized affiliates. And most of these affiliates were, acquired in a way that told them and reinforced that they would be more independent and entrepreneurial for forever, for a while. Sounds like you bring family into business a lot, which I love because I think family and personal life are one and the same. They're all driven by by our values. What are the similarities you found in most agencies? I mean, yes, entrepreneurial, but what else did you, did you notice that allowed you to bring them into the fold? You know, it's not easy to have them change the way they do things and being told that they're going to be more entrepreneurial and independent. And suddenly, whoa, <laughs> we have to follow these orders. How did you do that? You know, who, who were you in that in that situation? I, I like to think I'm trying to say this without sounding, I don't know, full of myself, but I, I sound like to think full of yourself. It's OK. I, you're, you're on my show. You can sound as full as you want. All right. Perfect. Thanks, Marnie. Yeah, anytime. <laughs> Give me permission. Yes. Yeah. I like to think of myself as the deliverer of, of some sort of truth. So I think if I go with facts and data and I have a conversation with people, specifically founders in this situation, I'd like to think that we could, you know, have a better conversation. And of course, understanding their point of view is very, very, very important. 
And I think, I think that's called empathy. And I think that's a little bit of a buzzword right now. It's a great, it's a great yeah. value. I, you know, just to, to interject with the chemistry factor, the chemistry factor is all about values. And when you're connected to a value that you're connecting to with the person you're talking to, you're authentic. Mm. And authentic, it, board, it brings trust. It brings a lot of other values to the table that create strong, positive relationships. And for you, you had to deal with 50 or 60 different companies and you know the leaders of each. It's, it's a challenge. Yeah, and, and all the relationships, just to be very honest, were not positive. I had okay. some yeah. really rough conversations and the pandemic didn't help in that situation because normally I'd probably just, I'm the type of person, I'll just get on a plane. I'll do it tonight. If you like, I'll go and I'll go in person and, and you know, we'll have a, a conversation, a meal, a drink, whatever, a coffee, whatever it is. I'm completely dedicated, maybe too much. Maybe that's the problem. You can tell me, Barney. <laughs> but in this situation, I I was not necessarily able to do that. So I had to relearn a little bit about what I knew about change management. What did you learn? Uh, how to do things remote. I mean, I, I felt like I could do my work remote. I can communicate remote. When the pandemic happened, I, I knew how to get on technology. We did all of that. But I think it was how do I equal the in-person connection when it comes to change and in delivering the truth, quote unquote, in a remote environment. I think that's harder. I think people, you know, I'm a believer in remote working and, and communication, but at the end of the day, I do think that people want and crave, and they need human interaction. You're a hybrid man. <laughs> hybrid. Yeah. We'll yeah. do it right. It's like, yeah, you know, sometimes we're on the phone, sometimes we're face to face, sometimes we're on a Zoom. Yeah. There's a mix now. And I think that's sped up because of the pandemic. It wouldn't, we wouldn't be here now if it wasn't for the pandemic, the way, yeah. the way it changed the world. Dealing with operational changes for 55 different firms or more can be like herding cats. <laughs> okay. Yeah. How did the pandemic make your work more challenging? Uh, well, the, the point I brought up earlier, remote versus in person and, you know, dealing with the pandemic. I mean, the pandemic happened. It's been two years. Uh, the business has to still operate. We, we just were starting our transformation at the same time, I guess, serendipitously, because it's sort of, uh, you know, there were no, but there were no guidelines just to go with how we dealt with it. There were no guidelines of how to deal with a pandemic and, you know, you, was that part of the everything responsibility is to create some guidelines? Yes. Yeah, we, we I mean, we enacted a, I'll call it a disaster recovery operation plan. Uh, you know, we got together with leadership of the various agencies. We had to figure out what was happening with our technology. We had to move uh, on-site production off-site. We had to figure out how to support that production post-edit where people getting or people getting computers, what happens in the office. Uh, we had, you know, we had uh, almost 200 offices. So, you know, there was a, there was a lot of, it was everything. Yeah. <laughs> How yeah. did you get them to embrace change? What, what, what the secrets that you were, you were able to apply? Yeah. Let's, let's face one thing. MDC was bought by Stagwell. Okay. So you did take a decentralized organization and centralize it to the point where Stagwell was happy to take it on. Is that a fair assessment? 
Uh, well, I'll let, I'll let Stagwell provide their own assessment, I guess, but that's that's what I would say. Yes. Well, they did their due diligence. So I'm sure they looked through everything and they saw how the operations were being run. Well, look, if you go back to the, if you go back and look at the MDC stock, the financials over the last two or three years, you you will notice record results over the last two and a half years. So it worked. As, as much as you're a perfectionist, there's always things that are you know, may not be 100%, but they're much, you know, they're, they're good enough. That's what I'm trying to bring out here. And it was a, and, you know, Barney, it was a team team effort. I think it was a, it was a huge effort by a lot of people and a lot of pain. How did you support your team? What, you know, well, you, what would be your advice on, you know, building something like that from a team perspective? Yeah, you have, you always, so a couple of things. I would only hire and I would only ultimately want to work most with people that provide things that I don't have and that the team doesn't have. So some might call that diversity. So very important to put people near you that are stronger than you, frankly speaking, in areas of expertise. And I would always rely on them and believe in them and let them do their their work uh, as much as sometimes I I disagreed and we did make a lot of mistakes um, and we did fix them. So autonomy was, you, you gave them enough rope to, to do their thing and you, you, you had faith in them. You, you have to. Uh, yeah, that's you the only way to. you get a lot of things done at once. Yeah, that's an interesting statement. You're currently an independent advisor, okay? What do you find most cha- challenging right now in your job search, saying that you're looking for a full-time position? Well, I think maybe it's back to time management. I think having a lot of various conversations and putting effort, and, and I do like to help people. So there's this part of me that's, even though if, if this conversation may not work out, I'm still in contact with those people and, and helping them in, in, in some way, or at least I think I am. Uh, so I think also that's your intention. It's my intention. Absolutely. Yeah. That's right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. It, there's sometimes Building relationships that way. Yes. Yeah. yeah. It's all about relationship building. I, I would imagine everything we've been talking about really relates to relationship building and how you do it. And the way I look at it is we all have our own identifiable values and the better, you know, yourself, the easier it is to know how to deal with other people because you know where you connect with them and where you don't. And as Einstein once said, you know, the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over and expecting a different result. If you keep going to values that disconnect you and the person you're talking to, you're going to have a dysfunctional relationship. Yeah. But if you understand where you do connect, and empathy could be one of the things people appreciate, especially when they're under stress, which sounds like that 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 goes with the with the turf of the everything kind of position in operations. I love it. Yeah. yeah. I thrive I thrive in that. And I think people in those roles, you know, you have to thrive in that. And you're a good communicator. I mean, and when I say that, you're articulate. You generalize at times, but you're articulate when it comes to one-on-one situations when you're dealing with people. Is that a fair assessment? Thanks. Yeah, I try to be I try to be myself. Sometimes I, I don't know everything. And I think that that helps. Well, that's being articulate. <laughs> Gee, I don't know everything. Well, good. <laughs> Let, let's go figure it out. Yeah. Um, 
Not everybody. I mean, that's the thing about it. Like, it's interesting because you you do get in conversations where someone's talking and you just know that not everybody knows what this person is talking about. And I don't know. It's okay to 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 ask questions. Uh, Yeah, I would think that that's the best way to get through every day is to to ask questions and not be afraid to. Yeah. Yeah. There's some people are afraid to show their ignorance. And the truth of the matter is, it's not ignorance at all. When you ask a question, it's actually being pretty smart about it because there's no such thing as a stupid question. Never. And that's why it's great to have, in my opinion, cross-functional groups, people coming in or working on things that they don't normally work on because they're, you know, they're going to have a a different way of looking at it and they're going to hopefully ask those questions. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, How will you know when you find the right opportunity for you? What, What is it you look for? I don't know. I, I think it's where I can, you know, obviously add the most value. That's one thing. Uh, another thing is speaking of value align with values. I think, you know, I'd like to be part of organizations that treat people with kindness and respect and, and want to do amazing work. You're talking the chemistry factor philosophy is oh, great. The, the more values you have in common with the people that you interview with, the people that you meet, the better the opportunity is for a strong relationship. Now I add another factor to that and that's thought process. And what do I mean by that? If you have a way of doing things that is respected by the people you're talking to and you have values in common, you have strong chemistry. On the other side of the coin, you could have, I have great friends who I know if I had to live with them in the same apartment for, for a month, I'd be screaming to get home. Same. We have a lot of values in common, but we can't live with each other. Yep. So, you know, it's kind of what I talk to, but to my career clients is that you're always listening for how they think things through and sharing how you think things through in an interview process. It'll give you a much better understanding of how well you're going to get along. Does that resonate for you? That absolutely resonates for me, Barney. And I think, I think a lot of, you know, founders that I'm speaking with, could sometimes use that advice as well um, as same as myself. I think it's everybody gets a little bit nervous. It's like, what questions do I ask? How do I, you know, respond? It's, it's what I call a test mentality too often. And it's no surprise that we live in the test mentality because we were brought up in a test society. Since you were a little kid in kindergarten, getting your golden star, moving your way up through school, you know, making the team, making the part in the play, becoming the president of the class, whatever it may be, you were always testing. And testing is where sometimes we're looking at our expectations. This is where we want to be. It's kind of like if you were to start a race and you were thinking about the finish line before the gun went off, you wouldn't run as well because you'd keep thinking, how long is it going to be till I get there? But if you're in the moment with a curiosity of what's this going to be like and you know, one step at a time, you're going to get to the destination a lot, a lot faster. So, you know, that, I don't know how I got off on that tangent. <laughs> that tangent I like it. Thank you. Uh, yeah, but that's, that's what relationships are all about. So I call it the field trip mentality. Instead of taking a test, think about what it was like going on a field trip. It was a lot more fun, wasn't it? Yes. I used to, I used to be the, the helper on the field trip. I would always help. Yeah. Rile everybody together. So talk about naturally being curious 
Okay. Exploration, you know, discovery. I mean, these are the things that really differentiate agencies to entrepreneurial creative shops. And when you're that way, the world is your oyster. Okay. Whether it's right or wrong, you'll be very much attuned to what's happening now rather than what you want to have happen at the end. The end is is a quick fix. Okay, I got there. But now what? If you're in the journey, you're always going to have the opportunity to be curious. So, well, well said. And I'm actually I've been enjoying this process. I've been enjoying this period of time in my life. It's actually been quite an amazing period. And I've never had this. Well, I guess I had some of it in my performing years. You know, there was a there was a little bit of a lot of ambiguity in my performing years. I would do a gig and then sort of take a month or two. What's the next gig? And so I'm I'm used to that, and so it's it's bringing me back a little bit. I'm, I'm enjoying it. Oh, that's yeah. It's, it's giving you opportunity to discover. Yeah, and you've got the freedom to do that. And what it, there's no fear there. When you're in that area, there's no like, oh gee, look look at the clock. Uh, I, I'm looking for a job. It's more man, what's going to be next? It's a much different perspective. Field trip mentality, stay with it when you're when you're looking out out there. And I think you'll have a much, you will be building the relationships you mentioned in the beginning, whether, you know, you give them some advice that they use and thank you so much, we'll remember you, but we don't have anything for you. That's okay. Yeah. You're building your network. And for me, when it comes to looking for opportunity, the most important thing is your network. Okay, your your network is everything. And the more you expand it, the more success you have over the course of time. Too often, people get so bogged down in their work, they forget to expand their network. They forget to nurture it. And nurturing your network is everything. That's where your joy is. You look at your family. They're part of your network. You're going to smile when I say that, aren't you? (laughs) <laughs> yeah. And from what I'm hearing, the way you treat people in the office is a lot like you treat them as family. And you know, I guess there's a little Italian in, Italian in you, you know, La Familia. <laughs> I, have to feed, I have to feed everybody. Yes. Uh, there you go. <laughs> there is. Yeah. There's a lot of Italian in me and the way we do things. Uh, and, you know, my my grandparents and my parents are very influential in, in that part of my life. So that's beautiful. Yeah. 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 And and when people at work can have that same energy to be influential with you, that's when you really know you're in the right place. Well said. Thank you. So what words of wisdom are you going to give me? I always ask this at the end of the interview. Uh, what words of wisdom will you give me talking to the people who are in operations that are listening to this and saying, Oh, I can relate. Herding cats. Yeah, I get it. <laughs> you know, different departments, creatives uh, versus suits, which is the, uh, <laughs> it's an old adage. But yeah, what, what words of wisdom can you can you share with us? Well, I'm reluctant to say it this way, but don't, don't take it too seriously. It's not that bad. I, you know, I think when you're in the moment, stress and the complexity and the what if, what's happened, can be can be sometimes consuming and so i think you know allow that time for yourself to to really give yourself a, a perspective of what's real uh because in you know in a few years it's not gonna the challenges are not going to be as challenging and you're going to overcome them 
there's a book, and I forget the name of the author, but it, what the, the title of the book is Don't Sweat the Small Stuff. Oh, yeah. And everything is small stuff. <laughs> Kinda. And I, I don't want to minimize what people are going through or you know, or have have gone through, but it is important to keep a, a perspective. It's it's just a job, it's just a company. The the more you enjoy what you do and the more you enjoy the people, uh, you know, the more you love the people that you work with. And if you don't always love them, the more you find commonalities and reasons to love them, I think, you know, the more successful and the happier you'll be. Confucius said, love what you do and you'll never work a day in your life. There you go. And I paraphrase it by saying, love who you're working with and you'll never work a day in your life as well. Oh, there you go. Yes. That's so true. That is so true. Cool. Well, it's been a pleasure having you. I want to wish you, you're part of my network. If you ever have any questions in your career, you know where to go. I will. (laughs) All right. Yeah. Thank you for being a guest. Thanks for having me. I really appreciate it. It was fun. My pleasure. Thank you for listening to today's podcast. If you enjoyed today's episode, please subscribe, rate, review, and recommend The Chemistry Factor to your friends. If you would like to connect with me on social media, reach out to Barney Feinberg on LinkedIn. To connect with me directly, email barney at thechemistryfactor.com. Until next time, empower your business success every day.